Welcome to the Fastest Five Minutes presented by Kroll and Mooring. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Monica Sterling, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. We have several updates for you today, and we start with an ASBCA update. On October 27th, the Armed Services Board of Contract Appeals published its report of transactions and proceedings for fiscal year 2020, which provides statistics regarding the adjudication of appeals between contractors and DOD, non-appropriated fund instrumentalities, and the Washington Metro Area Transit Authority. And ASBCA has cognizance over those disputes, which is why WMATA disputes are included in the report. According to the report, contractors prevailed in 53% of the appeals decided on the merits, up from 48% a year ago. The report also indicates that, as usual, the board had a high success rate in resolving matters via alternative dispute resolution. Of the cases that went through non-binding ADR, 85% were resolved successfully, including mediation, arbitration, and ADR of undocketed appeals. So with that, we'll turn it over to Monica. Thanks, Peter. Turning to Tetratech, a GAO case, also on October 27th, GAO denied the protest of Tetratech, Inc., where it alleged that the Department of State unreasonably concluded that the disclosure of the protester's profit margin information under a prior incumbent contract did not violate the Procurement Integrity Act. As part of the RFP, the agency had included a spreadsheet that offerors were required to complete and provide as part of their price proposals. In creating the spreadsheet model, the agency used the pricing spreadsheet from TetraTech's wholly owned sub on the incumbent contract, and when doing so, failed to remove the sub's profit margin from that sheet. The GAO found that because the profit margin information related to a prior incumbent contract, the information was not covered by the PIA, which only prohibits release of information before the award of a contract to which the information relates. GAO also concluded that the disclosure resulted from a, quote, ill-advised shortcut and lack of diligence in removing the incumbent sub's information, but it was not intentional or knowing and thus did not violate the PIA. GAO also noted that upon learning of the disclosure, the contracting officer promptly investigated and complied with the FAR's requirement to forward the findings to the agency's procurement executive, who concurred that no violation occurred and directed the procurement to continue. Perfect. Thank you, Monica. Next up, an update on Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs. On November 10th, the OFCCP published a final rule to codify the procedures used by the agency to resolve potential discrimination and other material violations of law and regulation administered by the OFCCP that are applicable to federal contractors and subcontractors. This final rule includes the codification of two pre-enforcement notices, the predetermination notice and the notice of violation, which the OFCCP uses to provide contractors with an explanation of the agency's preliminary findings and give contractors an opportunity to respond. The final rule also recognizes the availability of voluntary conciliation agreements early in the process and adds clarifying definitions to specify the types of evidence OFCCP uses to support its discrimination findings. Next up, Monica is going to talk about an interesting Federal Circuit decision. Right, back on to case law. On November 3rd, the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit 
found that the Court of Federal Claims had erred in concluding that it lacked jurisdiction over the protest of LAX Electronics doing business with Automatic Connectors. Automatic had parts listed on the Defense Logistics Agency's Qualified Parts List, QPL, and allowed vendor list for defense agencies and contractors. As the result of an audit, BLA had removed Automatic from the QPL, which then barred Automatic from responding to RFPs or supplying parts for contractors. Automatic challenged its removal from the QPL at the claims court, which dismissed the protest in part for lack of jurisdiction, holding that because Automatic's removal was the result of an audit, it was not, quote, in connection with the procurement or proposed procurement as required under the Tucker Act. On appeal, the circuit reversed, holding that the claims court did have bid protest jurisdiction because the phrase in connection with of the Tucker Act is very sweeping in scope. This requirement was met given that DLA issued procurements for the same parts Automatic had listed on the QPL and continued to do so after Automatic's removal, making Automatic a likely bidder on future procurements. And that's a wrap for the case law. And that's also going to wrap us up for today on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been The Fastest Five Minutes, brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Monica can be reached at 202-624-2549. Thanks so much. The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mooring LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.